If you would, turn your Bibles with me to Galatians chapter 5, and uh, we are in our second week of um, Full of It. And uh, how many of you know that a lot of you are full of it? You're, a lot, you're, you're all full of something. And uh, we're going to help you extract what needs to be taken out of your life and put in what needs to be put in. And um, so we are in our second week. Uh, the sermon is called Fruit to Live By this morning. And I'll be in Galatians again next week. And um, I have something that I really want to go into next week to kind of help you live out that, um, this gift that God gives us called the fruit of the Spirit. And, uh, well, I'm going to read, uh, I'm going to start in verse 22, I mean, um, verse uh, 20, yeah, I'll, I'll start in verse 22 and I'll read through t- verse 25 and, uh, and then I'll pray. All right, it says this, it says, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives, love, joy, peace, patience, patience kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Verse 24, those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Let us not become conceited or provoke one another or be jealous of one another. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. God, I thank you, God, that your word is living and active, God, that it always, it always returns, God. It always accomplishes what it's sent out to do. And Lord, I thank you that your word would fall on, on hungry hearts this morning, that it would reap 30, 60, and 100 fold. Lord, we thank you, God, that you would activate the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. We thank you for your anointing, God, that destroys the strongholds that are in our lives. God, I thank you more than anything, God, that you be made more famous today than you were yesterday. Come on, if you believe that, say amen. How many of you know that it is our assignment to make Jesus famous? We should live our lives to make sure that Jesus is known through our lives. Um, so, so as I was reading this, you know, it talks about the fruit of the Spirit, and I just began to think about resources, that isn't it amazing that God saw it necessary to give us resources? And if you were right here this morning, there are resources that you need right now for your life. Just in general, there are, you need finances, you need a vehicle, you need, you need um, love, you need all of these different things, these resources to be able to sustain life, right? You need food, you need different things. Come on, say, everybody say amen to that. You need food, right? Y'all hungry yet? Y'all are the spiritual crowd because you know we go a little longer and you know you're going to have to get out a little later and beat the Baptist out. All right, yeah. You're like, you're not a Baptist church? We just love people. We love Jesus. Uh, but, you know, isn't it interesting, interesting how there are resources that we need in the natural? But I want you to understand that there are resources that you need in the spirit. That there are resources that you need for you to be able to do the assignment that God's calling you to. Right? And this is all about God giving you the resources of the kingdom so that you can do kingdom work. So that you can fulfill the assignment on your life. Right? Last month we talked about going through the process about with our purpose. And there is a purpose. And with that purpose, there, re, there is a requirement of resources to fulfill that. Right? And so this morning, I, I was looking through this. And, and I want to go back up to verse 19. And I want you to understand that there, last week I talked about the fruit of the flesh. How many of you know that is alive and well in all of us this morning? Right? The fruit of the flesh is, is there. And, but I want you to know, just as alive as the fruit of the flesh is, so is the fruit of the Spirit. In verse 19, it says this. It says, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. 
Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasure, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins. Right? And, and I was thinking about that, and then it goes into the fruit of the Spirit. And the one thing I want you to, to understand is that all of these resources that we talked about, whether they be the resources of the flesh or the resources of the Spirit, are contingent on what? They're contingent on what you give authority. Whatever you give authority in your life is the resource you receive. And so many of us are receiving the resources of the flesh, and it's because we're giving it authority. One of my pastor friends, he used to, he used to talk about, you know, when he would preach sermons about body bags, that we need to be dead, that we need to be body bags so that we can really be what God's called us to be. And it is... It is difficult to kill the flesh in us, right? I mean, that's why we're talking about this this morning, because the spirit, the flesh is alive and well. But this is an amazing thing. It says, it goes into verse 22, and it says, how many of you know it says, but? So the flesh is alive and well. Everybody say with me, but. How many of you know that but in the church or but in the scripture means something? Because it doesn't matter what may be coming against you, what you may be challenged with in your flesh, Because when the Bible says but, the but trumps your flesh. I want you to understand this morning that the the fruit of the Spirit have the power to override the flesh. That is what this whole thing is about. There is bad news in the beginning, but when you get to verse 22, everything changes. The whole chapter is bad news about us being subject to our flesh and being, you know, being having this tendency to fall into our lustful pleasures and all the desires of our flesh. But the Holy Spirit. How do you know when the Holy Spirit came onto the scene, it changes everything? And it goes on and it says this, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. This church is the struggle. The struggle is the word produces. Because produce means time, right? Produce means I have to wait. Produce means I have to trust. Produce means I can't do it in myself because I have to wait on whatever's being produced, right? And so this is the struggle for all of us is that as the Holy Spirit is producing in our lives, we become subject to the flesh. When the Holy Spirit is saying, hey, I want to produce in you, and if you will wait, I will produce in you what everybody else needs from you, right? And how many of you know that? That if you were able to live with love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control, goodness, all of those, on a daily basis, how many people would always be around you? Like a lot of you don't have friends because you don't have fruit. <laughs> a lot of us don't have really good relationships because we don't have fruit. Now, it's not that you go get the fruit so you can have a friend, but it's the byproduct of being fruitful. Right, I want to say this, that fruit is the result of what your roots are the most connected to. Right, whatever, whatever a plant is connected to, whether it's, ready, it's, it's really red soil and it's not good, or it's really, really good rich soil, whatever the root system is in is what it produces. Right, its ability to flourish and produce is determined by what its roots are in. And so my question for you this morning is, what are your roots in? What is your life in? What are you consumed with? What are you allowing to absorb and draw nutrients from? 
Are you in the world? You got like half your root system in the world. You got half your root system in the church and you're seeking God and, and all of that. And you got like half your tree looks fruitful, half your tree looks dead. Like what, what does your root system look, look like? And, and the thing I want you to understand is that God gives us the fruit because the fruit allow you to be fruitful. Right? The Bible's first commandment in Genesis to what? Be, multiply and be fruitful. God's command, that's not just talking about sexually producing children. That's talking about, are you going to bear fruit for the kingdom? And you can only bear fruit. Notice it was in a garden. Right? It, the, the, that God is talking about being fruitful. And he puts them in a garden to tend it and to say, hey, look, you can only produce when you're in the garden. You can only produce when your root system is in God. And our tendency, the, the, the world, the enemy would love to pull us out of that. Because how many of you know that the, there is not oftentimes a, a producing process when it comes to the flesh. It's like you want it, you get it. That's why you can drive up to McDonald's say if you get an unction in the spirit. Right? And you can drive up to McDonald's. And that is definitely not the spirit, I'm telling you right now. I mean, Chick-fil-A, Maybe. But they're not open on Sunday because they're holy. So you got to hold that unction until Monday morning. But right, that's the deal, right? We understand that in the, in the fruit of the Spirit, it says it produces. So that means you got to wait. That means you gotta, you got to allow it to come on you. But see, the flesh, it's like, boom, you want it, you get it. There is no waiting process. So what happens is if you're, if you're not really, really desiring to really have the fruit, then you fall prey to the, to the flesh. And God, the Holy Spirit is trying to let us know, look, look, you can have that stuff, but it leads to death. And this is what it ends with in, in verse 21. I didn't say this. This is Paul. You can take it up to him. But he says this, let me tell you again, as, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. See, we can have our flesh, but you can't have eternity. So you can have the kingdom of God and you may have to wait a little bit. And this is the tendency is that, is that the pro, the pro, you know, when you have to wait for a product to be produced, that's where frustration and tension comes in. But it's worth the wait. It's worth what God is willing to do through you and in you. Because this is the deal is if, if, if fruit just came up all on you, then you would not value the fruit. You value what you have to work to get. You value what you have to put your time and energy into. That's why it says produces. Because God is wanting you to understand that this isn't something that you can just ask when you get it and then you can just live however you want. This is something that by you being connected to God, you begin to look like him. Right? And so you are the product of what you are the most submitted to. You are the product right now of whatever you're the most submitted to. If you are the most submitted to your career, if you are the most submitted to a relationship, if you are the most submitted to your flesh, then guess what? That's what your life looks like. Right? See, the, the fruit can only confirm what your life is rooted in. The fruit in your life only confirms what your roots are in. Right? And so the Holy Spirit says this, and he gives us this 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 passage of scripture to be able to say, okay, wow, that doesn't look like my life. So there must be something my root systems are in because that's contrary to what I'm supposed to look like. Right? How many of you know that Jesus is our example? 
And he was loving and he was compassionate and he was willing to hold his tongue and not say what he wanted to say. Can I get an amen? He was able to do that. Why? Because he was controlled by the Spirit. Because he had the fruit of the Spirit leading and guiding his life rather than what he desired. See, fruit, what happens is what it does is it expands. I'm talking about when I say this fruit, I'm talking about the fruit of the Spirit. What it does is it expands your capacity to reach those around you. When I say that, what does that mean? What am I implying? Well, let's look at our lives as a tree. That's, if we're the fruit of the Spirit, we're a tree with apples or oranges or bananas, whatever your preference is, a fruit. Um, you are that person, right? So the more that that fruit is, is flourishing on that tree, the more people it can reach. Right? So what the point of God giving us the fruit of the Spirit is for is so that, not so that we can brag about how much we love people and they just, they just hurt us and I just love them anyway. That's not why God gave us the fruit of the Spirit, so we could brag about our ability to, to handle stress and pressure and all of that. God gave us the fruit of the Spirit so that when people are in need, they can come to our tree and they can get the substance of the kingdom and they can see what it's all about. And so God gives us this this tree, and in that it enlarges our capacity to reach people, right? Because the more fruitful I am, the more apples or bananas or oranges that are on my tree, the more people I can reach, right? So the fruit of the Spirit is not so much about you as it is about them. It's about you being able to have the Holy Spirit on you so that you can give to people what they need. Have you ever been in a situation where you know someone's hurting, and you know that they're, they're going through something, and you just wish you could you could have empathy and, and, and help them, but all you can conjure up is sympathy. Man, I hope you're okay and you don't ever follow up with them again. See, there's a huge difference between sympathy and empathy. Sympathy just says, oh, man, sorry about that, bro. Good luck, man. Let me, you know, whatever. Empathy says, hey, I'm going to come to your house. And I'm going to sit with you. I'm going to pray. And I'm going to encourage you. I'm going to speak life over you. The fruit allow you to do that. People that don't have fruit, they just sympathize with people. People that have fruit have the power to empathize with people. And have you ever had yourself hurting and have somebody have empathy with you? In that, they, you made a huge connection with that person. Right? It went beyond you just being a person. Because you were able to connect with them. The fruit of the Spirit give you an opportunity and a privilege to connect with people at their level, in their brokenness. Notice that Jesus, everyone he meets, all these people, he meets, they're broken. I mean, you got the blind, you got the blind man, you got the leper, you got the man with the mat, you got the woman that's bleeding, you got all these people that are hungry. Why was it Jesus? Why was Jesus always the answer? Because Jesus had fruit. Because Jesus had fruit, he had the ability to connect to people that other people couldn't connect to. And my point is, is this, is that you are the new Jesus on the scene. That the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of you and he put these fruit in you so that you could be the Jesus that could empathize with people and that could connect with people and that, that you could help sustain people's souls. See, what you're closest to is the identity you will display. Like, right, like, when I get around a mirror... I always see a really good-looking guy. Right? 
whatever you were close, whatever you were closest to, you begin to reflect. You begin to become. You are what you're closest to. And if if your life doesn't look when you look in the mirror like Christ, then you maybe need to change what you're closest to. Because see, a lot of us are more close to a relationship than we are God. And you begin to take on the bitterness that they have. You begin to take on the busyness that they have. You begin to take on the perversion that they are. And you begin to have the fruit of who they are. But the power of when you're around Christ is that when you get around those same people, your fruit begins to change them instead of it changing you. See, fruit, how many of you know that fruit doesn't choose what it becomes? Like no apple said, I want to be an apple, so I'm going to be an apple. It's never happened. Because fruit doesn't get to choose what it becomes. The tree you're connected to does. Understand that, that if you are looking more like the Spirit, it's because of what you're connected to. You can call yourself an apple tree all day long and you'd be growing oranges. Like, I hate apples, I hate apples, but you're still an apple tree. You, you, you have to be really careful with trying to convince yourself of what you're not. I'm not, I'm not hateful. I don't have a tone. I'm not arrogant. I'm not prideful. I'm not this. I'm not perverted. I'm not this. Be careful to not talk yourself out of what you are. Because then God can't change what you could become. I remember a couple of weeks ago, me and Alicia got into this disagreement. And I don't know, it was just, you know, something that married people do. If you're married and you don't have any problems, then we will come see you next week for a counseling session. That would be great. Um, but this is the point is I, I, I reacted like I didn't really like the way that I reacted. I didn't like how I responded. I didn't like how the conversation went. And I remember after that it was like, you know, I just started seeking God. I was like, what, why do I do that? And it started thinking about why I did that. And all of a sudden the Holy Spirit began to deal with me and show me. And I went back to her and I said, hey, this is why I think I responded that way. But you know what made me do that? Not because I'm a pastor. It had nothing to do with that. It didn't have to do because I get to preach the word of God and I am just holy and I sit in that back office and I just, <sighs> no, it's because I sought God and I wanted to be connected to him because I wanted to look like him when I was in a conversation with my wife and I wanted to treat her like God would treat her. And the Holy Spirit began to deal with me and confront my life and out of that came, hey, this is why. My point is, is this, is that the fruit of the Spirit will help you be a better person and help you communicate better and help you be everything that God's called you to be. The, the, the Spirit empowers you to live for your convictions and not your corruptions. Look, there are all of us all have tendencies to corruption. We live in this world. We live in a fallen world. We live in the world of temptations and, and all the different things. But the fruit of the Spirit allows you to live subject to the conviction of the Holy Spirit and not the corruptions that may come into your life. Because you're always going to have, you can't avoid corruptions. You can't avoid temptations. But you can confront them when you have the Spirit of God on the inside of you. With confidence, knowing I know how to handle this. I can confront this because I know who's in me. So it goes through all of these wonderful virtues of who the Holy Spirit is. And then this is what it says after that. In verse 24, it says this. Listen to this. Those who belong to Christ Jesus. What did it say? 
Did it say those that accepted Jesus? It said those that belong to Jesus. Understand that there is a huge, vast difference between what a prayer and a relationship. There's a huge difference in maybe why you're not fruitful is because you don't belong to him. Because you haven't given. Understand, God doesn't say you're going you're gonna to be mine. The belonging part is on your and my end. It's me willing to say, God, you're mine. I want to be connected to you. I want to I get to know you. I want to be connected and rooted in you. Right? And so it says, those who belong to Christ have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. It's interesting that in order to be able to crucify the passions and desires of our flesh, like, when's the last time you just decided, you know what, I'm, gonna, I'm done with this, I'm nailing this to the cross? Because the only thing that can compel you to do that is when you belong to Christ. In other words, what I'm saying is you can't go nail your sins and nail the desires and the temptations and the struggles that you have in your life disconnected from him. You have to belong to him before you have the strength and the confidence and the security to leave those things. Because as much as it says passions and desires, that could be the things that make you think that you're strong, make you that they validate you. They make you feel like how you feel. And sometimes you have to walk away from those things and you have to nail those on the cross. And when you do that, what does that imply? That means I want you to know, Lord, you are my Savior. You are the one that I'm committing to. And I close, I, I want to, th this point that I want to hit on is this, is that what we cherish, we cultivate. That right now I want to ask you, do you cherish the Holy Spirit enough to cultivate a connection and a relationship with him? Do you look forward to saying, okay, God, I've got to do whatever I've got to do to be connected to you? You know, no, no farmer goes out and says, okay, I'm going to have this incredible, I'm going to have this incredible garden this year. I'm going to go out and throw seeds. I'm just going to throw them out wherever they land, and then whatever comes up, and I'm not going to water them. I'm just going to let the, you know, if it rains, it rains. Like, if you really want a garden to be able to sustain people or to sustain, sustain yourself, you have to be intentionally in, intentional about cultivating that garden. Right? It doesn't just happen. You don't drive by the road and be like, man, that's a great yard. I wonder, they just, they did a really good job with throwing those corn, those corn uh, seeds. They just, right down a row, man. They got lucky. That was impressive. Like slingshot, one, two. Uh, no, no, it was intentional. Like every garden that you drive by, you will know whether the, the farmer was intentional about what they wanted or not. Because you don't only have to plant you have to water, you have to de-weed, and then you have to harvest. And there is this process in which you have to endure to be able to have the fruit that God has for your life. You know, there's this, at the same time, these passions and desires are from the enemy, right? Like, the enemy loves to bring temptations and things in our lives. And, and I was thinking about that, there's this burrowing worm is what it's called. And what it does is this is a little white worm, and it, it never shows itself. It's underground. And what it does is it begins to eat the roots, and then it burrow its, burrows itself up through the plant, and it kills it from the inside out. So you could be having a harvest externally and be dying internally 
Because that's what the goal of the enemy is, is that he would love, but see, if you're cultivating it, then you're doing the things that you need to do to get rid of the insects that may come into that garden. And you have to really be intentional about cultivating and cherishing whatever it is that the fruit of the Spirit is doing in you. Because right, right now, you may have one of these virtues that's like, okay, I'm, I've been pretty good about that. And, and let me say this, I think that we have a skewed view of, of the fruit of the Spirit. Because I want you to understand, it says the fruit of the Spirit, not fruit of, the, not fruit of Brian. Not fruit of whatever your name is. Because, because in that, see, we think love is like this universal word. And love is not a universal word. The point of love is agape love. It's this love that has the ability to, to override our own inabilities. It's this ability, it's this thing that we're able to, to give love when we don't want to give love. Like when Jesus came out of the boat and he said that, that as he saw the crowd was in desperate need, he said and he was moved with compassion. That's agape love. That was him saying, I'm really tired and I don't want to see people, but love is provoking me to respond. And I want you to understand this morning that the fruit of the Spirit will provoke you to respond. It will provoke you to meet needs. It will provoke you to care. It will provoke you to do the things that in your flesh you have no desire to do. Thought I'd get a better amen than that, but that's okay. See, the fruit in your life will be based on the level you steward it. Right? You have to care about the fruit that's in your life. You have to steward it. God produces it, and you and I steward it. You have to be willing to steward the love and the fruit of the Spirit that come on you. And this is what happens is that we get something, and we just expect, well, I mean, I mean, I deserve love. I mean, <laughs> do you know how much I read my Bible? Do you know how many, I have not, I don't do, I mean, I come to church all the time. I go Wednesdays if they have it. I'm serious about this stuff. Like, and we determine the fruit based on what we do, but the whole point of this whole passage, this whole chapter, is about you not doing it by what you can do. It's about what the Holy Spirit does in you. And it's so easy to allow what's happening on the inside of us to be determined by what we do. But you have to steward it. And that's all you can do is steward it. Love is from him. The fruit of the spirit are from him. See, what are you willing to protect? What are you willing to protect? Are you willing to allow the selfish desires on the inside of you to be restricted because of the power and the love of the spirit on the inside of you? See, the fruit your life produces will be through the process of what your passions crucify. The fruit that your life produces, right, will be through the process of what your passions crucify. You know your passions can crucify sin if you're more passionate about God than you are those. Because notice what it says here. It says, those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to the cross. So you have to determine what you're most passionate about. Because you will crucify whatever you're most passionate about. Whatever, you, whatever you're the most passionate about will be the very thing that crucifies what gets crucified. And a lot of times we crucify the spirit the fruit of the Spirit on the cross. 
Because some of these other things are so much more strong in our lives than the Spirit. You know, God gives us these things, love, joy, peace, patience, but I want you to understand that they are not just to be just distributed like Oprah. You get love, and you get love, and you get love, and you get... It, it shouldn't be like that. It should be intentional that I give when the Holy Spirit prompts me to give. I give love, and I give, but it also shouldn't be restricted as if it's mine, as if I own it, because I'm pretty sure it said the fruit of the Spirit, not yours, right? The fruit of the Spirit is it's yours. He's given it to you to use, right? And then he goes in into verse in 25, and it says this, since we are living by the Spirit, check this out, since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. So hold on, so you can, you can be living by the Spirit, but not being led by the Spirit. And so this is what God is wanting you to do, is these fruit of the Spirit empower you to not only live by the Spirit, but to actually be led by the Spirit. So that that person at the gas station that you're getting gas with, and you see him across the aisle, and you say, well, I feel like I need to go over there and share something with them. I need to love on them. And you are unctioned by the Spirit. He's, you're living, he's living, so he's speaking. See, there's, this is the difference. Living and leading. Living is you hearing him. Leading is you obeying him. That's the difference, is that the Spirit is not about hearing him, be like, man, I heard the Lord today. No, it's about what are you doing with the Holy Spirit? Are you willing to be led by him to do whatever he's calling you to do? That is where the game changes. That is where the kingdom of heaven meets earth. How many of you know that the fruit of the Spirit, what they are, they are the attributes of the kingdom. That they're saying, hey, this is what you can have on earth because you're connected to a divine relationship in heaven. There is a supernatural thing that you can have on this earth because you're connected to a supernatural resource in heaven. In Ephesians, it talks about that you have been given an unlimited resource. Do you know what that unlimited resource is? It is the kingdom of God. It is the fruit of the Spirit that you don't run out of love if you're connected to the Spirit. You don't run out of joy. You don't run out of peace. You don't run out of self-control. Can I get an amen? I just, wasn't, I just, I just had to say it today. I, I want you to know this is how you know where you are in the Spirit. When you leave here today and you're driving through Bentonville traffic, we're going to find out how fruitful you are. And then, that's, like just, that's the warm-up for the Spirit. Then, tomorrow when you're out for lunch... And you're in Bentonville, all oh, you are already cussing in your head. You're already like, that, that's how you really determine the spirit. Like, I love you, hey. You know what I'm saying? And see, when you, you, have to, you have to be challenged a little bit to really know where you are with the fruit. I want to close with this point. Notice what it says. So it says, since we live by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. This is what I want to say, is that character and conduct will be the result of what you allow closest to you. The character and the conduct of your life will be what you're closest to. So you can live by the Spirit, but are you being led by the Spirit? Who you walk with is really what Jesus is saying, is who you will become. Who you walk with is who you will become. My question for you is, do you want to become like the person that you maybe look up to on this world, in this world? Or do you want to become like the Spirit?
You want to become like how Jesus was able to do what he was able to do. Because I think that we look at Jesus' life and we say, man, that was, a really exa- that was a great example of where we can fail. Of where we can fall short. But Jesus came to be an example of what we could be when we're living and being led by the Spirit. Jesus didn't come to say, hey, this is where you're always, you're never going to be able to measure up to this. The Bible says that he gave us the fullness of the Spirit. So if he gave us the fullness of the Spirit, that means everything that Jesus had, we have. So we have the ability to have the character and the conduct of the Holy Spirit, but it determines on what we're closest to. My challenge, or my, my thoughts for you is this, is do you, which direction do you need to move? Like, what are you closest to right now? And do you need to begin to take steps toward the Spirit? Because this is what, this is what is, he's implying. He's implying that, look, the fruit of the Spirit are waiting for you if you will to take the steps towards him. You have all of these virtues. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, all these things. You can have them. They're over here. And are you willing to take the step toward it? And be intentional in what you're closest to. So the fruit of the Spirit, what they do is they regulate your reactions and your responses. And this is, just like the fruit of the Spirit is produced, this is a process. And I, I, I sense that the enemy, this is what we do, is we, we begin, to, begin to walk in these virtues of the Spirit. We begin to walk in them, and then we mess up. And then instead of continuing to progress towards the Spirit, we back away. We say, I'm never going to be able to do this. You could never do this anyway. This has to do with the Spirit in the inside of me. And you have to admit, okay, I messed up, but love and joy and peace are going to get me to take another step. And you have to continue to take the step because the enemy would look at you and say, that reaction? I mean, I didn't think you, I really thought you were more mature to handle that meeting than you did. You really reamed them. And the enemy will take everything that the Holy Spirit's producing in you and devalue it. But you have to understand, I made a mistake and I'm making that step towards the Spirit. All of a sudden, these reactions and these responses begin to shift. They begin to look a little bit more like Jesus. Who are you dependent on right now? Because that's the fruit you have. I mean, I've been really prone to being dependent on my gift, to being dependent on my, my experience just knowing how people are going to respond but are you really dependent on the Holy Spirit like if I don't get you Holy Spirit I can't do this the Holy Spirit is saying look I want to give you everything that you need to be able to do the assignment that God has called you to do You have to be like Adam and Eve. When that serpent started sliding up that tree, you have to say, you know what? I'm not dependent on that voice, so I'm walking away from that tree. And I'm going to the fruit of the Spirit, and I know that voice, and I know He's for me. That one, I don't know if it's for me. You have to be willing to walk away from that. Even though that voice is talking, 
that voice isn't for you. If you would stand with me this morning as we close. fruit of the Spirit, really, if we were to boil it all down, this is what it does. Is that the fruit gives you a way for your life to be lived with action. It gives you a reason and a purpose to be able to, to, be able to meet hurting people, broken people, misunderstood people, and love them. I think it's very interesting that Jesus showed us the people of that society, of that culture, who everybody else said, don't, don't get around. Don't get around lepers, because if you do, you've got to be sent out of the city. Don't touch a woman with blood. You can't do that. Don't touch a dead man, because you can't do that. It's interesting that the, the Holy Spirit compelled him to do what culture said not to do. And I want you to understand this morning that the fruit of the Spirit, when you begin to allow it to be produced in you, that you're going to have to confront what your flesh doesn't want to do. That you're going to be told in society, that isn't cool to do. That's not normal. How many of you know that the Spirit of God is not normal? The Spirit of God is supernatural. And if you will allow the supernatural God in you to flow through you, you will begin to see supernatural things come out of you. I mean, how many of you are sick and tired of seeing natural, normal things that you and I can do? But if we would hook up with the Spirit, we would begin to flow and function and give words of knowledge. We would begin to love people that no one else loves and be able to be gentle with people who don't deserve to be gentle in the eyes of society. We need the fruit of the Spirit. I want to ask you this morning, I want you to just declare if that's you this morning. You say, I need the fruit of of the spirit that I've become I've been so consumed with what I can do and what and what I, my passions and desires tell me to do but I want to be controlled I want to be connected I want to be close to the spirit I want to not only live in the spirit but I want to be led by the spirit if that's you this morning I want you just to slip your hand up just acknowledging with faith saying that's me I need to allow the spirit of God to be activated in me that it would begin to flow out and the fruit of the spirit would come on me and I would have virtues of Jesus on the inside of me Father, I lift up every hand raised this morning, God. And I thank you, God, for the power and the presence of your spirit in this place this morning, God. Lord, we don't take it lightly that those hands are raised, God. I thank you, God, that you see those hands, that they are desiring to be connected to you, that they are desiring to be close and walk with you, God. Help them be able to fulfill whatever it is on the inside of them, God, to be able to have those virtues, to be connected to you. God, help us be able to love, to be able to have joy, to be able to have peace, to be able to have patience and goodness and kindness and gentleness and self-control. Father, help us be able to live and act like you did. We love you, God. Right now, God, I ask you, that as they put their roots in you, that you would begin to produce in them the fruit of that connection. This morning, maybe you've never made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, and you say this morning, I want to connect 
my life to his. I want to commit my life to him. I want to allow Christ to be my Lord and my Savior. If that's you, I just humbled to be able to share him with you. This morning, if you've never made, maybe you've prayed the prayer, but you never drew close to him. You never really made it a relationship. And this morning, you say, I want to rededicate my life. I want to commit my life to him on a really personal level. If that's you, either one of those, this morning, you say, that's me. I want you to just ask you to slip your hand up real quick. Thank you for those hands. Thank you for those hands. Anybody else this morning? Come on, this is what it's all about, church. I want to ask you to pray this prayer with me. Say, dear Heavenly Father, I admit that I'm a sinner, but I believe that Jesus died on the cross for those sins, that he rose again on the third day to be my Lord and my Savior. I ask you, Jesus, to reveal the destiny and the purpose you have for my life in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, can we give them a hand? If you raise your hand, we've got a book for you. We want to make sure to be able to follow up with you. How many of you know you are not a number in this church? You are a soul with a purpose, and we are intentional about helping you live that out. Amen. God bless you.